We'll turn in our Bibles to the book of Second Peter again and continue on in the book of Second Peter. Heaven gets sweeter every day. Just thinking about leaving this sin-cursed world to a land that's fairer than day. That's where we're headed. I'm excited about it. I don't seem like it tonight, but I am excited about it, I promise you. I'm excited about my own. Um, That's where everything is that I love. Um, It's in heaven in eternity and in eternal things. So I uh, I appreciate uh, the... the, um, services that we've had, how the Lord has helped us, and um, I've got all kinds of stuff in here. Romans, you want to hear Romans tonight? Let y'all pick. <laughs> first John, who wants to hear First John? We'll just take a vote on this thing. Goodness gracious. Let's try to stick with Second Peter. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Have you in Second Peter and me using notes in First John, that'd be fun. Keep, keep us awake tonight anyway. You're trying to figure out, does he, when is he going to figure it out? Uh, but uh, anyhow, so we'll be back in Second Peter, and we'll continue on to look uh, until the Lord comes gets us. We'll just stay in the light of his word, and, uh, and that's what he's encouraging us to do here. We, thank goodness, have um, kind of got through First uh, Peter and him helping us through suffering, but now he's going to help us to be fruitful and abound, and so we've kind come down... Uh, through several verses already, and we'll start our reading tonight. Uh, we have come on the heels here of, uh, let's start after awakening by the facts. Uh, we're about verse 16, uh, the authenticity and not fables. Uh, and so after having, again, remember, um, talking about the assurance from falling and the various things and adding and abounding in our faith uh, and being fruitful, uh, he reminds them of their future and the possibilities for the future, and thank goodness for that. Um, and thank goodness for the abundant entrance that we have into the everlasting kingdom. And then he uh, tells them in verse 13, you know, I think it's me as long as I'm in this tabernacle. I am purposefully and deliberately trying to stir you up. And um, not in emotion, but I'm trying to stir you up in remembrance with the, with the truth, right? So that the truth will, will stir you up. And uh, so he goes on and lays out. The reasons for that, he said the, um, the reasons for the truth, and we kind of dealt Sunday morning talking about how important the truth is, uh, how vital it is that um, uh, though this world and, and, and even various religions now, uh, evidently, that I don't mean to get into, I was stopped sometime back in Oak Ridge um, on two separate occasions, dealing, witnessing, and one time I was just holding up signs, but uh, two different times I was approached by the uh, Unitarian Universalists, and uh, uh, they, are, they are heretics. They preach heresy, and um, there's no hope for them outside of Jesus. And um, so they, they have this idea, one of their leading principles, that they think is wonderful, that they, they uh, stand on as a platform, is um, we, we believe that each person should be governed by their own heart. 
I don't even know how to come up with something smart like to say about that. I mean, I think it stands all by itself. I don't think I need to help make it look any dumber than it is. Do you think so? I mean, who, who in the world? I mean, before I was saved, I knew that wasn't true, right? <laughs> my heart is what got me in all that trouble. And the last thing I was going to trust was my own heart. And so I began a search looking outside of myself to find out what is true, what is true. And thank the Lord for the divine revelation of God wherein we have the true. And so you don't have to lean on to your own heart. You don't have to lean to your own understanding. You don't have to trust your feelings. You don't have to trust the understanding of others and the learn the uh, teaching of others even. Uh, you can compare Scripture with Scripture. And so God divinely inspired His Word and uh, holy men of old spake. And He's going to go into that and then He's going to get, we'll do a little bit, but not much. We'll just look at a little bit of preservation, uh, which is another Bible truth. The Bible teaches preservation of God's Word. And so um, if I didn't believe that, I think I'd pack up and go home um, because you couldn't trust the Bible because the Bible said he was going to preserve his word. And so either has or he hadn't, right? So I've got to know where I can find the truth. Um, your life, uh, young people especially, as you grow up and you start uh, looking for the will of God for your life and you start thinking about who to marry and where to go to college, if to go to college, you know, all those important things in your life, um, there's gonna get a, you're going to get a lot of instruction. You can ask five different people and get 55 different answers. And um, so, you know, what you've got to come to a place where you can stand upon the truth. And the Holy Spirit will never lead you to do anything contrary to the truth, right? He's guiding you into all truth. So he's going to guide you, and the principles which he's guiding you in is going to be found in this book. And so that's why he said, even if you have an angel appear to you in a vision, or some other man, and they preach anything else other than the doctrine which you've received, the truth, let them be accursed, right? And uh, uh, somebody said, well... And, and I know this is predominant in our day. We'll, we'll get to the scripture. I know this is pre predominant in our day. And I don't mean to sound cruel when I say this, um, but I mean to be stern in it. Um, I, I'm, I'm against this idea of ecumenical, ecumenical movement. I'm against this ecumenical movement. And uh, I'm against this idea that we all just come together for the greater good, right? Um, I'm not holding hands with people that teach other people that there's many roads to heaven, right? And so uh, I'm just sorry. I'm not, I'm not your friend. I'm not your pal. I can, I can come to an understanding on lots of things that I see in the scriptures where people could possibly, you know, be some areas where I'm not sure here or there. And I, I can work with people and deal with people. And who knows, when we get to heaven, uh, we'll find out what the truth is. We may both be wrong. And there are some things that, you know, is open for, I guess, some discussion and talk. And we deal with things. Monday night, we were talking about uh, from First John when he, when, uh, you know, he talks about, you know, hang all the law and the prophet and this, that you love God, all your heart, soul, mind, and then love brothers yourself. And so, so we talked about, and it was amazing to get our minds wrapped around uh, the fact that every, every breakdown in our life, when it comes to sin or getting out of the will of God, anywhere in our life, is a, is a breakdown that begins with love. The problem started with love. And said, no, I've got a, a problem with fornication. No, you got a problem with love. I got a problem with stealing. No, you got a problem with love. I got a problem with looking at people and lusting after them. No, you got a, pro a love problem, right? I got a problem with drinking. No, you got a love problem. You love yourself, right? That's what's wrong. You're feeding yourself. You're choosing yourself. And it's just so wonderful to have the truth opened up to you. Okay. And then so we looked. If that was the breakdown going this way, then it must be the way back if that's the exit you got off on, right? Get back to loving God. God said you've left your first love. And then the church at Ephesus, 
You've done all these things and you hate them that, and all that. And the Nicholas should deal with all that. And then he says, but yet I have somewhat against you that you left your first love. Right? That's wonderful. This is wonderful to have the truth. And somebody comes along and says, and, and, and we, we talked and had some discussion Monday night, and we talked about, and you know, got a few different opinions, a few ideas, and, and, and then we could have took a survey in that room of people and got probably 15 different ideas, right, of what, but God has only one purpose and only one meaning, and when he says something in the Bible, it means one thing to all people, right? It's not open for interpretation to how you see it. So uh, the point is, is that when you get into your mind and you get in these confusing situations where you feel like you're, you feel almost trapped, like you, like you can't get out of these dark situations that you find yourself in, uh, the only thing that can be trusted is not your emotions, not your feeling, not your ideas, not your heart. Nothing else will guide you through the darkness of life like the Word of God. The Word of God has the answer to every question on the heart of mankind. Every question, everything that a man needs to know. And even in Jesus, when he said uh, many things that he do that the world couldn't contain the book so they'd be written and but these have been written that you may know him right and in him is truth he is the truth he's he is the truth and so he uh, starts to begin to talking to them about uh, being fruitful and he starts off and I'm going to remind you I'm going to put you in remembrance and then I'm going to endeavor that after I decease you may have these things and I think that's a clue into where he's going Uh, He's going to endeavor. I think he's got an idea of what's going on here. But let's move on. Verse number 16. We've not followed cunningly devised fables. Uh, When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And so we've dealt with that, talking about authenticity and not fables. And I thank God that's still true as as much as it was Sunday night. It's not changed then. It's still true. Right? A lot of things seem to change, and a lot of opinions have changed this week, and things I've read, things I've seen, what I've heard people say, uh, there seem so many contradictions out there, uh, but there's one thing that has never changed, and it will never change for all eternity, and that's the book that you hold in your hand, right? It'll never change. If it says something to you this week, you go back to it, it'll say the same thing. Now, you may have a deeper understanding to it, and it'll come alive to you and be more applicable in your situation, and you may see things that you've never seen before, but the meaning, it didn't change in the text, right? <laughs> so, well, I read this, and it means that to you, and I take this to me. No, one of you is wrong. <laughs> God's right, right? Now, that's going to be important because men have a... Have a um, I have an idea of how this uh, uh, thing was supposed to go. We're, we, let's move on here. Uh, but we've not followed cunningly devised fables. This isn't some fairy tale. You and I have uh, just wasted our life. Uh, the money that you've given, the devotion, the time, the uh, sacrifices that you've done, the work and labor. God is uh, uh, going to remember all of that. And you've not followed some fairy tale story. Uh, and Peter said, because I want you to know, and I may note unto you the coming of the Lord of his power, I have seen his majesty firsthand. And that's same Jesus that I saw is coming again. And uh, just like he told his disciples, that same Jesus, why stand you looking at, why are you standing there? That same Jesus shall likewise come again. In the clouds, he's coming. Now, I don't know how you take that to mean anything else, but Jesus is coming. Amen. Get ready. Are you ready? Well, I am. I've got a lot to answer for, but I'm ready for the Lord to come. I want him to come. 
And so he goes on and says, Now I've seen his eye, my witness of majesty. I heard his voice. Remember when he said that? He said, We heard from the most excellent glory. And I heard his verse, and this is what the voice said. The voice said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And uh, we stopped there and kind of looked a little bit at um, uh, talking about how that God spoke from heaven. And oftentimes in the scriptures, many times uh, the voice of God and the power behind the voice of God and what it's able to do. And so all I'm going to say in passing here is don't lose heart because it doesn't take one word from the throne of God to change your entire situation around. If you quit now, you may be on the verge of the breakthrough. So don't quit now, right? Say, well, I'm never going to get over this thing. I've had a problem I've been dealing with, trying to lay aside the weights and sins that so easily beset me, and I've been fighting it, and I've been dealing with it, and I'm tired of it. You might be right on the edge. Don't quit now. God might just deliver you from it. God might, and today might be the day, and you might go home. Who knows what's going to change in your life, right? So don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. All it takes is God, one word from the throne. He's got all power in heaven and earth. He can take nations. They're just a drop in the bucket to him, right? He brings them up and brings them down. So don't get too discouraged with what's going on around you in America. Uh, I'm a little discouraged about it. That's why I'm telling you not to be. It's making me feel better. And uh, so uh, don't get discouraged about it. Uh, some of you wouldn't have voted for him. He wouldn't be so far ahead is what I got told earlier today. Uh, somebody said, come in and said, preach something encouraging tonight. Boy, now that's a challenge. On the hills of the fact that you live in a nation full of people that don't have enough sense to God give a goose. And if they hated the man that bad, I'd have just stayed home. I could have never put my approval on something so wicked, an ideology so wicked. But anyway, let's not do that. We'll get in trouble if we get down politics. So uh, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's just stick with the text. Now, he says, so he tells him, he said, now, uh, I want you to understand something. Um, when I made known unto you about the coming of the Lord and his power, I want you to know that wasn't some story I heard, heard told from somebody else. I was an eyewitness to the truth. Right? I saw it. I heard it. I was with other people. I can tell you the place. I can tell you the time. I can tell you exactly what happened. I was an eyewitness of the account that I gave to you when Jesus was transfigured and I saw him get glory from the Father when God opened heaven and spoke verbally and vocally where you could hear him say, this is my beloved son. It wasn't a still small voice that spoke. Right? In, in his heart. He literally heard the voice of God. Now that's what I believe the Bible is teaching there. And he said, and that's wonderful. I want you to know that. And I I want you to know, I'm I'm talking about as Peter here. And so Peter said, okay, I I want you to know that. And and, and I'm convinced of it. And I'm going to endeavor because I know it's true. I've seen it. My eyes have seen it. Our our hands, we've we've literally handled the word of life. uh, And Peter, as far as signs and wonders, has probably seen more than anybody alive at this time when it comes to miraculous things. I mean, he's seen people healed. He's healed people himself. Uh, he's, uh, he's seen uh, him and the other disciples lose all the power to, to heal somebody. And Jesus, uh, through prayer and fasting, is able to cast them out when he's unable to. He's seen lepers healed. He's seen, uh, he, he has seen miracles that are absolutely unexplainable apart from the creator God of heaven. He's seen a lot. And this man that is talking about this, and he's saying, I've seen with my eyes, and I've heard with my ear. I I literally saw him in his majesty. And I I heard from heaven. I heard God say, this is my son. I I heard and seen all of those things. 
And, and, and that in itself, uh, and a lot of people have this idea that if I, if I heard God speak that way, God, if you would just speak that way, I would believe you. No, you wouldn't. If you won't believe the Bible, you're not going to believe though God was to raise a man from the dead. Is that not what he told the man in hell? They've got Moses. They've got the prophet. If they won't hear him and they won't believe Bible preaching, they won't believe a miracle if I called and raised somebody up from the dead. And God knows that about the heart of people. And so a lot of times we're looking for signs and God do this. And if you'll just show me this. And, and I've had some pretty, I, I'm going to call them strange. Can I say strange? I don't, um, peculiar things happened to me before after I got saved that I just, I knew it was God. I'm not saying that there's not things like that that happen, but they won't be outside of the confines of the scripture, right? You don't see a, a 90-foot Jesus in a room with eight-foot ceilings. That doesn't happen, right? You're not going to see those kind of things, right? But I've had some things happen. I, that, Brother Rita, you just know it was God. God touched me. Nothing else, there's no way you could explain it any other way. I'm not saying God is not out of the business of performing miracles. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I am saying on the basis of your faith that uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So God's wanting them to walk by faith. And they're going through troubles, they're going through trials, and now he's telling them they've got to be fruitful in it, uh, not just, not, just uh, not quit. Now I'm supposed to be good during all of it. Now that's difficult enough, but on top of all that, here, here's what he's trying to give them the encouragement for. He's trying to say, I saw it with my eyes, I heard it, I was there, I'm telling you I've seen miraculous things. But here is something that trumps all of that. He said, I, I, this is something that greater than my vision that I saw, greater than hearing God open heaven up and speak to me, I'm telling you we've got a more sure word of prophecy. prophecy. We've got a more solid, a more, a more foundational, a more unmoving, a more unchanging, a more trustworthy, a more sure, firm, and solid uh, foundation, a more sure word of prophecy. Something greater than God opening your mind up and allowing you to see the chariots and the horses on fire and all those things that uh, when Elijah said open this young man's eyes and he was able to see something greater than that uh, because when the visions fail and all of those things go to seize uh, what are you left with right it's got to be just Bible faith that's what will get you through life and so he said I want you to understand something something uh, we have a, a more sure word of prophecy and so he exhorts them uh, into uh, not trusting in anything else Else, but what, what I stand firm on tonight is the same word, the sure word of God. That's what he is trying to exhort them to, to know and to see. And so any religion, any cult, any group, any, any people that propagate anything outside of the word of God are not of God. He's trying to tell them, and he, here's why he's warning them of that. Here's why he's saying, he's making no light of the eyewitness testimony that he saw. He's not saying, well, you can't trust me. This is God speaking to a man who saw these things. So he's making no light of that, but what he's trying to say is, these things are going to pass off the scene. And so you're going to have others that are going to come in, and they're going to try to say, send, send, me, a, send, me, a, uh, send me a love offering uh, of $1,000, and I'm going to blow my nose in a handkerchief and send it back to you, and it's going to heal you. There's people like that on TV today. And uh, 
So he's, what he's trying to tell them is, look, you're, you're, you can't trust all of those things. You can't stand in all of those things. What I want to exhort you to, uh, to rely on, to stand on, to try the world by, to try your own heart by, to, uh, uh, to try other men, to try the preaching, trying the spirits, everything in this world, when you're in doubt of what is true, you can always go to the unchangeable, unchangeable, etched in stone, settled in heaven and earth, God-breathed Bible. And it will never change. It'll never let you down. It'll never, it'll never prove you to be a liar because some uh, egghead scientist found some contradiction in it. it you'll never be ashamed. You'll never uh, have to stand there and apologize for the Word of God. Well, I'm sorry that it said that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it that it said it shouldn't have said that. It actually should have said uh, M. R. Dehan and all the rest of the Bible correctors. This is an unfortunate rendering, right? Oh, it stirs me up. That's the kind of stuff you got to spit out, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. And if you can't do that, I wouldn't read nobody's book. There's been more Christians led astray reading books than anybody I know than any, than anything else I know. Reading men would be greatly, you don't ever judge this book by another man's opinion of it, right? You try all those big books by this unchanging word, right? And so you guys get out there and you get in college, you get in school. I don't care where you're at, where you go. There is never a time where you'll ever have to worry about being able to trust the Bible is going to tell you the truth, right? Sometimes people won't. They may not want to hurt your feelings. They'd rather spare your feelings and keep your friendship. They don't want to hurt you. This Bible will never do anything but show you what the truth is. Right? It'll guide you into the truth. If you're saved. Now, I'm talking to saved people tonight. Say, so, well, I don't understand it. I don't, uh, um, you know, uh, the Bible says nothing to me. Uh, there's a good chance you may not even be saved. It's not a matter of education. It's a matter of inspiration. Revelation. It takes a work equal to the inspiration of the text and revelation to the mind of a person for them to understand the meaning of the text to begin with. An act equal to inspiration does it take the Holy Ghost to illuminate your mind and give you spiritual understanding into the Word of God. This is not talking about natural understanding. I can read this book as a lost man and know that there's a man named David, there's a king this, and there's Hezekiah, and there's Jews. I can read and have an understanding just having human logic and reasoning and, and the ability to read and understand. I mean, you could read it as you read a newspaper, right? But you'll never, these things are spiritually discerned. There's spiritual meanings in this text you'll never know apart from the Spirit of God. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? God gives you insight into the Word, helps you to see things like, man, it's wonderful. And so he, he exhorts them again. He, he says, um, all right, so I'm going to exhort you. And I, I want you to know the power of the coming of the Lord. He's coming. So I just want to encourage you to stay faithful. Jesus is coming. I know he's coming. I've seen him firsthand. And you're not going to believe it when you see him. That's kind of almost how I feel he's saying it. But anyhow, he said, but where we is, we also have a more sure word of prophecy. So don't trust anything, anybody else in this world. Let all men be found liars and God to be true. Stay with your Bible. I wouldn't befriend anybody that's going to cast doubt upon the Word of God. Yeah. Because for many, 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 many reasons, but I wouldn't want to be influenced by somebody who's going to cast doubt on the Bible. The first individual that ever casted doubt on God's Word we know who that comes from, right? So when these other folks tell me, say, well, that was written by me, and then, you know, 
Well, of course it was written by men. It was written by God through men. But men pinned it down, right? I, I, you know, I, they never use that argument against themselves. Men wrote their own books, but they have no problem. Men write their uh, um, history and literature. and they, Men write their books, and they believe that. Um, Stephen Hawking writes a book, and they can read that and believe it. But they don't believe a book. But our book's written by men somehow, and they don't believe it. So what is truth? What is truth? And so we, we've looked at that already, and I hope you're convinced of that, because I believe in our day, um, though the world faces great questions about what it, the truth is, and they, they reel to and fro, and they struggle about like a drunk in the dark, they can't find what the truth is. They're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of what? The truth. They don't know what the truth is. And you and I are so blessed tonight to hold in our hands the eternal, unchanging truth. You get online, this one says this one, this one says that, and watch the news. It's, I mean, there's a million different things out there. And I'm just so glad I can open up a chapter I've read 150 times, and I can read it, and it's never changed. Isn't that wonderful? I want to encourage you, stay with the Word of God. You cannot grow and add to your faith apart from the Word of God. You separate a Christian from his Bible, and he will, he will never be able to grow. You've got to stay in the Word of God. That's the only way, especially uh, us in these last days. Boy, we need the Word of God, don't we? Okay, so he, he deals with that, and he said, Now, uh, for we received the, um, I heard the voice came, which we heard from his holy mouth. So we also have a more sure word of prophecy, uh, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. And so in verse number 19, we're looking at the authority is flawless. And so he heard a literal voice, and uh, so now he's telling them there's something more certain, more sure, and uh, uh, then he goes on to tell them to take heed to it. Now, I want to look at this just for a moment. And I'll just, in passing, get through this because I want to finish the chapter tonight. Uh, but uh, he kind of ends this chapter with this kind of thought, uh, knowing this first that no prophecy. Of, and so he begins to deal with the enlightenment of Scripture. Uh, but he talks, first of all, that we need to take heed to it. It's one thing to know what the truth is and where the truth is. It's quite another thing to yield your life to it. And that is where most of our problem is in the Baptist churches, right? You deal with the universalists, they don't even know what the truth is. You're going to have to show them where the truth is. They're, on, they're, at a different, they're at a different place. You and I, we've come to the place of God by the grace of Almighty God where we know where the truth is. Our problem is obeying it. Now at least shake your head at me. God didn't have men bleed and die to give you a fairy tale storybook to read at night before you go to bed. Now lay me down to sleep, make you feel better. He gave you a book to tell you what the truth is, put his spirit in you, and expects you to obey it. Amen. Right? <laughs> and say, well, I, I, I don't like that. Well, you don't have to like it. You just better do it. Because if you don't, you're going to be tried at the judgment seat, and your works are going to be tried if you're saved. And God might just take you out of here and make you wish you did obey it. Right? And I love God's forgiveness. This, and this is about encouragement I'm going to get tonight. Here's my encouragement. You better take heed to the Word of God or you're headed for trouble. Amen. Amen. That's not deep theology, but it's a lot deeper than most of us can live. Uh, we don't need to learn anything else. We, we, need to, we need to learn how to obey what we do know. We, we know better than how we're living, most of us. 
Come on now. You young people have been raised in church. You've been preached to under some of the finest preaching under uh, uh, these preachers and these men alive today. You've been taught. You've been shown. There's been holy women teaching, show you, and there's been preachers tell you and preach to you. And you know what your problem is? You don't need somebody to pat you on the back and encourage you, make you feel better. You need to get yourself right with God and start obeying the Bible. Right? And, woo! That'll help you. So I don't like all that. Hurts my feelings. (laughs) Well, I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to have to man up a little bit, lady up a little bit. I don't know how you say that. But you have to grow up a little bit, and you're going to have to learn to take heed to the Word of God. Right? You're going to pay for it if you don't. Right? I know from this pulpit, I've stood up and preached against these wicked, uh, uh, some of this wicked fornication going on, being videotaped and sending around communities. I've preached on it since I've been here, and some of you still do it. You better take heed to the Word of God. I'm telling you, God's going to get you for that mess. I'm going to love you. I mean, I'm telling you, I'll love you. I'll do everything I can to help you. But the Bible said uh, that you better not let fornication be named once and become a saint. Don't ever laugh at one time. And you get preached to and preached to and preached to, and you just ignore it like nothing's ever happened. And I'm telling you, God, your heart is set to do evil, and you because you think you've got away with it. See, all of us do that. I was talking to a man this week, and uh, that's not my particular sin, but I've got them just like anybody else. And as you as you continue to do things wrong, your heart begins to be hardened. And what happens to you becomes the deceitfulness of sin. You know what's deceiving you? Sin's telling you you're getting by with it. Well, God ain't killed me. Maybe he understands my situation. God knows I've had a hard upbringing, and God knows that I'm having a rough time. He knows my makeup, and God knows, God knows, God knows my heart. And that's the problem. You got a heart problem, and God knows it. Right? Now, there's nothing mean about that. People can take it mean, but there's nothing mean about that. It's just the truth. See, the truth is what will help you. The truth will be shed abroad in your heart. The truth will bring light into your dark world. And that's what he's about to tell them. He's about to say where you do, you do well to take heed. And our churches are dying, and the spirit in our churches is dying, and the power of God in our churches are dying, and people aren't getting saved, and nobody's worshiping, nobody's testifying, nobody's thankful, nobody's got any word of praise, nobody's got hardly much to be thankful for and our church, the spirit and most of our independent fundamental Baptist churches is dying because us as a people aren't taking heed to the word of God. That's where the breakdown is. Right? We're not taking heed to the Bible. I, I, I think that's why we don't experience revival. We've got bitterness in our heart. We've been angry at people for years and won't let it go. We've got uh, things in our life that God's unpleased with. We've got our young people listening to rap music, and they're listening to all kinds of filth, involved in fornication and all kinds of mess, and we're wondering why God won't move and revive us. God works in revival when God's people get concerned with their sin and want to take heed to the Word of God, right? And it's everywhere you will go. You'll find it everywhere. Say, so, well, I, I'm not going to go to this church down there. They got sin problem. Well, would you please write me back a letter and let me know when you find that one that don't. So then I can respond to that pastor and tell him not to let you in. Because you'll be the one to ruin it. I'm trying to be funny. But there's nothing funny about it. 
God expects us to take heed. Well, then you do well that you take heed. I know it's difficult. I know, I, I'm telling you, there's such a pull at the flesh, especially in our young people, but it's everywhere. It ain't just in young people. There's a pull. There's a happens. It seems like you give and you've given and you've served God and then uh, some kind of tragedy will come into your life and you'll just look, sit back and say, God, why'd you let this happen to me? I've, I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. It's not worth it. My work gets criticized. It's never good enough for anybody. And then you just sit there cold and indifferent. I'm not going to do nothing no more. It happens to all of us. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying every person is involved in some grotesque sin, but I am saying we've all got something in our heart that's grieving the Spirit of God and keeping the Spirit of God from moving. And I do believe that. I know what it's like to be in old-time worship services where God's moving, you're, so, you're scared to death to even move. Right? And we got aisle runners. Hey, we got them. They don't, they don't even have the common decency to come sit in and sit on a pew. They'll sit down in the vestibule. Right? I mean, just, I, I've been in services where it was so thick in there. It was like the Shekinah. Go, Brother Jamie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We, I've been in some services at Calvary. I, I literally, under the Lord, I thought two things. Number one, my wife has told Brother Jeff everything I'm doing. And number two, God, if I open my eyes, I'm going to see him and he's going to kill me. <laughs> Is that real? God, it's like God was right there in the Y'all know what I'm talking about? And man, I miss those days. I miss those days where God moved like that. What's the difference? What, what's gonna, what bridges the gap? What, what has always been the difference uh, maker between God and men? What has separated God from any man at any time? It's always been his sin. It's been, from the first, for 6,000 years, it's been the same problem all along. Sin's not the problem. Sin is the problem. It's your problem if you're saved. It's your problem if you're lost. Sin is the problem in the life of every human beating heart in this building. There's a problem we got, and it's called sin. And our lust and our flesh is desired to do nothing but please itself. Right? And what happens, just little by little, little foxes, and we let, and little by little, and then before you know it, and we all know that, I've preached that, but now it's come to a point, I think it's decision-making time. That's where I think we're at. We're going to have to get in or get out, folks. That's where I think we're at. Right? You got to have unity in a church. You got to have people that's got one heart under this understanding. We're all just a bunch of sinners saved by the grace of God. And there ain't nobody in this building better than nobody from the pulpit to the pew. We're all a mess. We've been a mess and we'll be a mess until the redemption of our bodies. And so the best thing we can do is deny ourselves and take up our cross and seek ye first the kingdom of God and let his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. And what's happening to us, we sprinkle in God and his righteousness on top of everything else we've been seeking first. And we sprinkle God in on it and want God to bless it. Now God, here's what I've chose to do, but you know I wouldn't do anything without you. But you've already done it. Right? But now God, I, I want you to bless it. Is this okay? Well, you've done done it. Right? Sprinkle God in our lives here and there. Make it a little better. No. I don't care if it's a marriage. 
I don't care what, what it is. I don't care what the relationship between you and your church, the relationship between you and another church member. I don't care what it is in your life, uh, spouses, children, the hearts of your moms and dads. I don't care where, uh, where, uh, uh, where you find yourself in, what relationship you're in, what status, social status you're in. You've got a problem, and it's called sin, and it's not everybody else's. It's your own. And if we don't start taking some personal responsibility, not just to recognize the problem, but be willing to put it on an old-fashioned altar and get our hearts right with God and heed the Word of God. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to recognize it. We, have, we are expected to cleanse ourselves and, and, and save ourselves from this untoward generation. How do you save yourself? He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about being caught up in the spirit of the age. Don't get caught up with that mess. Don't be entangled with the affairs of this life. That's what's wrong with us. Take heed. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? One of you young men answer that. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking what? Heed. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By, by knowing a lot about the Bible. No. And I'm for learning all you can learn about the Bible, right? But that's not enough. There's an expectation to obey it, right? So once we find this truth, and I don't think we have that in here, but others that may not be persuaded of the truth, once you find that truth, the reason they deny absolutes, the reason they don't want to accept uh, the, 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 the objective truths and morality that you and I know exist by God's revelation, the reason they accept all of that is because if they ever he, if they ever even give a moment, a hint of recognizing that there's truth that exists outside of their little bubble, then they know they have to admit that they're obligated to it. If there's truth that resides outside of you, if there's a power that is beyond you, outside of your mind, that rests outside of your logic, in the, in the eternal mind of God, then you are immediately, you are subject to that reality, aren't you? By just admitting the fact that it exists. So uh, if you could ever get people uh, to truth, you say, well, I really believe it. I don't know if we do or not. I don't know if we really do believe that this is a more sure word of prophecy. We don't treat it like it is. Right? I, I know a lot of people, they come to church, they don't even bring a Bible. Can I be as kind as I know how? The best of my ability in this church, I'll preach a King James Bible. <laughs> and say, so, well, I don't, know, I don't know the difference and I'm learning. Well, all right, we'll give you that. You're learning, all right? <laughs> but uh, well, if you need one, we'll buy you one. We'll give you one. Right? I don't think anybody in here don't believe that. <laughs> but... But we preach from a King James Bible, right? Bring a Bible. I'm for it. Bring a Bible. Sit up front. Act interested. Right? Have some passion about what you're doing. You ever see, you ever see somebody playing sports and they're out there on the field? I'll tell you what, they, and I, that's all I know to do is use my world. I, I, and that's what I come from as sports. And I'm telling you, my coaches would have stripped us. I'm talking bare, Brother Allen, if we did not run after every single play. What's the use? The play's 1,500 yards away from me. I don't, if they caught you jogging, buddy, you better run and hustle and give some effort and don't give up. I mean, that's in the world. Why do we do God's church any less? Right? 
You know what's wrong with us? So most of us don't feel like we're in the play and we're not that important and so we don't really take it that serious and we're just jogging in the game. We're not, we're not hustling. We're not running. Right? I just know the world's thing. I hate to use the world, but Paul did it some. Where until you do well that you take heed. Well, Brother Clip, my life's going miserable. My life, I, I'm telling you, it seems like everything I touch is ruined. I can't, I'm telling you, nothing's going right. I can't get, I've got no peace. I've got no joy. I'm telling you, life's just going terrible, this, that, and the other thing. Can I ask you something? Are you taking heed to the Word of God? Because if you're not, please don't be shocked that God's not giving you everything you want and your circumstances are bad. Right? They may, they, they may remain bad. I'm not saying uh, 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 that uh, God's going to automatically change your circumstance, but we shouldn't be shocked when we live in rebellion to the Word of God that life's not going right. Right? Hey, it's a shame. We gotta, sin's a problem. Sin's a problem. I, it, it has separated us in our church. You can tell it. You can tell it in church. I'm telling you, you, can, you there's times you can, uh, I know one man, uh, I believe it was Brother Jenkins, he said, you could pull in the parking lot. No, God was there. So said, well, I don't believe that stuff. Well, I do. I believe that. I believe there's a spiritual uh, realm. I'm not saying you always trust your feelings. I've felt a lot of things before. Uh, but, uh, man, I'm telling you, when God's presence is around, it's so real, you can tell that God's there. Don't you miss that? I'm afraid what's happened to some of us, we, we've, gotten so, we've gotten so far off, we don't even miss it. We, we've gotten so disconnected from what the power of God and the presence of God was like, we're perfectly getting along fine without it. Right? I wonder if that's where, is that where you're at tonight? Have you gotten to the place where, and I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of, there's good, there's people in this Bible that have been there. They've just gotten to a place where they just feel like, and so what we think we can do, we think we can just kind of go this way and go that way and reform and do a little better and do it. No, the only answer for any of us to ever get back into the fellowship and back filled with the Spirit and back in that Spirit-filled joyful life is taking heed to the Word of God. You won't get there by continuing to disobey God's Word, right? Man... This kind of preaching used to be exciting because a lot of the church wasn't guilty of it. Now, now most of the church is guilty of it, right? We're living in troubled times, dangerous times. So you're attacking me. No, I'm not. I promise you I'm not. I'm just saying I, I, I got so wrapped up in that thing with this election. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was so wrapped up in that thing. Brother, I sat there and watched it and just whew, about made me a nervous wreck. I was watching that thing, and I thought, and I got so consumed with that thing of just wondering and worried about, and then, and all they were doing was say the same thing over and over. None of them knew nothing. They were just over and over. Well, we think this, and watch this map, and I click here, and it turns red, and what if we do this? And I mean, and it was one o'clock in the morning, and I thought, what am I doing? I mean, I'm concerned about it. We're all concerned about it. It's very important that we do our duty. We vote. We have the right president. And uh, it's very important. I'm not making light of that. But at the end of the day, this ain't our home. We're headed to another country. What I'm concerned about is when I, when, when I woke up this morning, there was still a King Jesus on the throne. He was still ruling and reigning. He's still concerned about sinners. His words never changed. And I'm going to be with him one day. Right? 
And I thought, why am I all concerned about all that? Well, what I need to be concerned with is taking heed there too, according to that word. I need to just take heed to the word of God and just get in the word of God. That stuff's going to discourage you. Get in the word of God. Say, well, I... I've heard it preached and preached and preached, but I'm going to tell you something. One, the, some of the greatest messages in my life is when God turned my pastor loose and let him preach, and I thought he was taking a ball bat and beating me over the head with it. I was so immature. I honestly, when I got in the car with him one time, I said, hold on before you take off. He's going to witness him. And I said, hold on before you, before you leave. And he stopped and looked at me, and I said, uh, was you talking about me? That's the true story. I thought, there's no way they ain't got cameras over there at that trailer. Brother Ray, I was living in that trailer at Calvary, huh? They must have cameras over there. See, me yell at one of the kids or something. I forget what it was. He was preaching on complaining or something. I don't know what it was. But I thought, I mean, every, every example that he used was me. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Holler? I mean, it was, I just, I'm telling you, I, I, somebody slipped him a note. And I said, brother, and he, he looked at me, he said, what are you talking about? I wasn't thinking about it. I said, okay, well, I'm just making sure, because I'm telling you, God told you, God sent you to preach that message to me to help me. I think sometimes we've lost, and uh, it's time to go. Sometimes we've just, um, oh boy. Well, I think that's the, I think that's going to be the key for us. I don't know how this thing's going to unfold. I really don't. I mean, in some ways I do. I know the end. I know the outcome. And, uh, but um, as far as Jesus is coming, but uh, I don't know how this thing's going to go. And you know what? God just kind of, I started getting back into this this morning and started thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I need to get my priorities back in line. And I just need to focus on what's important. And what's important is for me personally, as a man, to take heed to the word of God. That's what's most important in my life. And uh, I believe that goes across the board, all of us. We just need to, on an individual level, see, I don't, I don't need to take heed for you. And I don't, need to, I, don't, I don't need to call Brother Tony and tell him about how you're not taking heed either. That ain't helping nobody, by the way. Right? Uh, what we need to do is just look in the mirror and say, God, be merciful to me and help me to take heed to the Word of God. That's what's most important in life. And I'm, I'm just going to warn you what I warned a friend of mine years ago. And I've never been like that. I'm not, a, I'm not a particular. I don't mean to be. I'm often, I guess, cruel or whatever. I, I don't mean to be, honestly. But um, I told him he was laying there in the hospital bed after Tyler had been praying for him. I don't know how long. I'd quit praying for him. And, um, and uh, he said... Uh, he got bad sick. He was, he was about to die from a tick bite. What's that thing? Lyme disease or something he got? And he was laid up there in that hospital. It was Dusty. And he was laid up in that hospital. And I said, I'm going to tell you this, Dusty. I said, it's only going to get worse from here if you don't believe. And I took him a Bible. I said, you think it's bad now? And him laying there about dead in that hospital. I said, it's about to get worse if you don't start believing God's word and trusting God's word and living holy and doing all those things. And I told him all that. You wouldn't believe. I, could, I did not recognize him when my mom showed me a picture of him. I didn't recognize him. Life went just, and that's not because I'm a prophet. That's just what the Bible said, right? We're going to gain no ground. We're going to get nowhere. You, you better take heed to the Word of God. Don't trust your feeling. Don't trust how you feel about a matter. Don't trust anybody else's opinion that's outside of the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. And so where you do, do good uh, to take heed um, as a life. But see, I was really going to be encouraging. So you read this. Stand to your feet as you go home.
have this, have this morning heart. We need to take heed of the Word of God. Brother Reed's going to come. But um, here was really my message, and we'll try to get back here. But take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. You know, that's, that's encouraging. I say, well, that's pretty rough, taking heed of the Word of God and all that. No, it's not. It's encouraging because it ain't going to stay dark forever. There's a new day going to dawn, right? Stay encouraged this week. Try to be encouraged somebody else. Pass a track out. Do something else. Lord, we love you. Help our folks. I pray for any that might be here lost tonight that, Lord, you'd touch their hearts and take this little message, Lord, and make much of it in their heart and help them, Lord, to trust the Word of God and grant repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. And, Lord, if there's any Christians here tonight that, Lord, are just struggling, whatever the case may be, I pray, Lord, you'd give strength to them, give them the help that they need. And, Lord, help all of us bring glory to your name this week in Jesus' name. Forgive us our sins. Amen. We'll have one verse if you need to come.